Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the VCM Quick Strike for Monday, December 5th, 2022. I hope you had a good weekend, and I hope you weren't impacted by the new Google Chrome zero-day bug actively exploited in the wild. This coming from Cybersecurity News. On Friday, Google released new security updates for actively exploited Chrome zero-day vulnerabilities that allow attackers to execute an arbitrary code to take full control of the system remotely using the exploit that was exists in the wild. Now, this exploit is apparently a confusion vulnerability in the V8 JavaScript engine that affects all the Chrome versions that allow attackers to then exploit the bug remotely by executing arbitrary code. Don't know what a confusion vulnerability is? Well, me too. Later in the article, they say a type confusion vulnerability lets the exploit allocate or initialize a resource such as a pointer, an object, or a variable using one type, but then it later accesses that resource using a type that is incompatible with the original type. I don't know about you, it's still confusing to me, so maybe it's appropriately named. From Pipeline Technology Journal, U.S. offshore natural gas and oil infrastructure faces rising cybersecurity threats. According to the article, and also according to the U.S. Government Accountability Office, or the GAO report, the federal government identified that the oil and gas sector is one of the targets of the malicious state actors since exploration and production operations majorly rely on remote operations technology, which is vulnerable, obviously, to cyber attacks. They're saying that a potential attack could be similar to the 2010 Deepwater Horizon disaster. If you recall, that explosion left 10 people dead, destroyed the Deepwater Horizon drilling rig and led to the largest oil spill in U.S. history. And according to an investigation, the blowout preventer failed, causing safety lapses. But since then, little has been done to address the growing cybersecurity risk in the energy industry. Apparently, the BSEE in 2015 and 2020 tried to get something started in that front and did not was not successful. And a quote from the GAO researchers, absent the immediate development and implementation of an appropriate strategy, offshore oil and gas infrastructure will continue to remain at significant risk. Now, of course, y'all might remember the Colonial Pipeline issue about a year and a half ago, ransomware attack by members of the Dark Side Hacker Group. Uh, the Colonial Pipeline management did pay the ransom of about $5 million, which is 75 Bitcoin. What I did not know and why I shared this little tidbit here is that the DOJ announced that it had recovered of the 75 Bitcoin that it had, that um, Colonial Pipeline had paid. It actually recovered 63.7 Bitcoin, which is not bad, all things considered. But anyway, oil and natural gas areas are obviously important to the energy production both here and abroad and this is actually very worrisome i i don't like seeing things like this that that we need to really think about bolstering the cybersecurity posture of our infrastructure particularly the critical infrastructure i know that's an obvious thing to say but that's how i feel rack space shuts down hosted exchange systems due to security incident according to securityweek.com now, Rackspace's hosted exchange service makes it easier for organizations to use Microsoft Exchange servers for email. It started experiencing problems on Friday, 
the company confirmed the problems and then 24 hours later said that they did indeed have a security incident. They had to shut down the exchange environment because of a significant failure. That's a quote. Now, Rackspace still has not said if this is ransomware or another type of cyber attack. They are recommending that their users switch to Microsoft 365 for email services. And Rackspace is offering impacted customers free access to this service. So you probably already know if you're a Rackspace hosted Exchange System customer about this. But just in case you don't, now you do. And then a quick update from Australia. This coming from Bleeping Computer. You remember the Optus and one or two other significant data breaches there this past calendar year had prompted Australia to start discussing whether or not that they should increase the fines for data breaches. Well, apparently now that has happened. The Australian Parliament has approved a bill to amend the country's privacy legislation, significantly increasing the maximum penalties to $50 Australian 50 million, excuse me, uh, Australian dollars for companies and data collectors who suffered large-scale data breaches. Specifically, it's whatever is greater. 50 million Australian dollars, three times the value of any benefit obtained through the misuse of information, or 30% of a company's adjusted turnover in the relevant period. So good to see some legislation to help counter the perception or the habit or the strategy of looking at information security as a cost of doing business with regards to fines. When the fines are too low, then a lot of times companies will just be like, well, if something happens, we'll just pay the fine. Now that may no longer be the case. And finally, from the hacker news, the maintainers of the free BSD operating system has released updates because of a ping vulnerability, which allows remote attackers to take over free BSD systems. Now, apparently, now this is CVE 2022-23093. It impacts all supported versions of FreeBSD and concerns a stack-based buffer overflow vulnerability in the ping service. Quote, the PR underscore pack copies receive IP and ICMP headers into stack buffers for further processing. In so doing, it fails to take into account the possible presence of an IP option headers following the IP header in either the response or the quoted packet and as a result the destination buffer could be overflowed by up to 40 bytes when the ip option is present uh, there are patches available for that so if you run free bsd you'll want to do that and this also got me thinking a little bit about cybersecurity skill set particularly an entry level and i've got a couple of comments on that in 30 seconds In my day job with VCSO Services, we are in the process of preparing a posting for a new employee position, which will be a entry level or low experience information security analyst or an information security analyst one. And of course, the more that I've run the uh, VCSO Services, the more I understand just how important it is to make sure that you create a good quality job description for the business need that you're trying to fill. One of the things that I've realized over the years is that 
those in information security, not just the cyber part, but information security and the risk side in general, need to have a solid foundation of some fundamentals. And I would say that there are two buckets of fundamentals that come to top of mind right now. One that was um, actually both, actually, that were prompted by the article about FreeBSD. The first is to have a significant amount of Linux experience. It doesn't mean you have to be a coding guru, but I do think that it's very important to understand how Linux is structured and how you might be able to use it. And, and a big part of the reason for that is because a lot of the tools that we use in information security and cybersecurity are Linux-based. And certainly um, Kali Linux, you have a lot of different tools in there and, and some other things. There's a, um, it's very difficult to support those tools if you don't understand the fundamental ins and outs as far as Linux goes. And number two is basic network knowledge. So then we're talking about ICMP as far as that vulnerability there. I think it's very important to have a solid understanding of basic TCP IP protocols and, and what they are, why they're important, including the OSI model, and at the very least, the first four of the OSI model. Now, I know OSI is is old, and but that's okay. Uh, I actually learned it as a student assistant when I first got into networking, and it really helped me understand networking. But the whole point is that it's very difficult for someone to understand cybersecurity and information security risk if they don't understand the underlying principles. Now, some other areas that Certainly, there should be some knowledge in would be database, um, basic risk management concepts. But those are the two as far as like the solid base of technical controls. If someone were to ask me if you could pick two, two technical areas that a entry level information security risk analyst, analyst or somewhere along those lines should have, I would definitely say a pretty solid understanding of Linux and a pretty solid understanding of the TCP IP suite. And that's it for today. Tomorrow, we've got a great discussion with Derek Andrews. And as part of that, we are talking about the virtual CISO space and what makes a good virtual CISO and some areas where he's seen some deficiencies in the virtual CISO offering. So we hope that you will join us tomorrow for that episode. And I leave you with this quote from Isaiah. Isaiah 32, 8, but a noble person plans noble things. He stands up for noble causes. I hope you have a great day and stay secure.